Welcome to Every Moment His, a podcast dedicated to contemplating how God's preached Word impacts every moment of our lives. This sermon was preached at Holy Cross in Kearney, Nebraska by Pastor John Rasmussen. Good morning. We're picking it back up again with Mark's Gospel. We spent most of our summer in Mark's Gospel, and then as we entered into this fall season, we took a little break and went over to Acts chapter 2 for three weeks, and now we're going to just get right back into Mark, Mark chapter 10. And really the point of, of all these verses that we read today in the gospel is that uh, Jesus Christ loves families and Jesus Christ loves children. You know, as we enter into this fall season, um, I'm just reminded of sometimes how complicated parenting can be. Uh, you know, it can just be really hard when like all of a sudden you get all the stuff that comes home from school and if you have your kids in three different schools, it's like, oh my gosh, where do I even begin with all the paperwork? And putting things on the calendar and then sports activities resume and sometimes it can just be overwhelming. Uh, so many things going on in our lives with our kids. Uh, there are some evenings now, now that my kids are getting older and they're getting into sports and into music stuff. like. I feel like some weeknights we're just playing, like shuttling, you know, kids around in the car. Um, it can be complicated. But one of the things I want you to see in our text today is that uh, the most important priority of being a Christian parent is that we would bring our kids and place them continually into the hands of Jesus. That's what we see in our text today. Let's read uh, verse 13 together. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them and the disciples rebuke them. So here in this text, we see that, uh, that, that people are bringing their kids to Jesus. They're lining up. These parents are lining up to bring their children and place them into the hands of Jesus so that He could take them and bless them, to pronounce the blessing of God upon every single day of their lives. Or perhaps some of these parents may have even been bringing their children to Jesus so that He might lay His hands on them and heal them, uh, because often in the Gospels, the laying on of Jesus' hands is, is correlated with healing. But either way, we see this beautiful picture of the parents lining up to bring their kids to Jesus. And I would say that this is just a very simple simple picture of what it means to be a Christian parent is that we bring our kids and we place those kids in the hands of Jesus again and again and again until they then grow up and instinctively, if they have kids, they place those kids in the hands of Jesus again and again and again. This starts, of course, holy baptism. We bring our children and we place them into the hands of Jesus and He marks them as His very own but yet we want to continue that. Every Sunday we're bringing our kids and placing them into the hands of Jesus so that they might come to know Him. Or as we sang in our first song today, I love that song, by the way, uh, that they would know to run to Jesus instinctively. That's just what we do uh, in the good times and the bad times of life. In fact, many of you are here today uh, because somebody brought you and placed you into the hands of Jesus again and again and again. You know, some of us might be adult converts. We may have come to the faith later in life, but for a, a lot of us, we're here today confessing the name of Christ because we had a, a parent or a grandparent who took us and placed us in the hands of Jesus, not just one time in baptism, but again and again and again and again so that we instinctively knew to run to Jesus and worship Him as we are doing today. 
Now, as we see these parents coming to Jesus, we see two responses to the children. On the one hand, we see the response of the disciples. They're getting in the way, Jesus, right? They're kind of trying to stop the children from coming to Jesus. But then we see that Jesus gets really irritated with this, and he insists that they should come. Let them come. And the reason that Jesus wants them to come is not just because Jesus has a heart for children, not just because he loves them, not just because he wants to draw them near to the heart of God. That's true, but Jesus wants the children to come because they are a visible reminder to the whole community that this is the ones to whom the kingdom of God belong. You see, as adults, we live in the world of bartering and bargaining. We work hard, we get paid. We study hard, we get good grades. A lot of the things that we do in life is all about our work, our effort, and that's not the way it is when we're kids, though. If you've ever had an infant baby at home, you know who's doing all the giving and who's doing all the receiving, right? Like mom or dad are up at 3 a.m., you know, making the bottle and then changing the diaper and then rocking to sleep. All that work is done by the parent. What's the baby doing? Just simply receiving. It's not like the baby can raise his infant hand and say, by my own work, strength, worthiness, and effort, I have secured a bottle for myself and been rocked to sleep. No, it's babies receive, the parents give, even to the point of our own weariness, right? And see, that's a picture of the gospel. That's why Jesus says, look with me at verse uh, 14, but when Jesus saw it, he was indignant, he was annoyed, and said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. Don't get in their way, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. And then he says in verse 15, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Jesus is saying that this is how we, no matter how old we are, whether we're, we're a week old or a hundred years old, the way we enter the kingdom of God is by grace, through faith, not by our effort. We don't barter or bargain our way into God's kingdom, and that wouldn't work anyways because we have nothing to offer God except the sin that makes our salvation necessary. See, it's all the work of Jesus, and He's the one who labors, who toils, who pours out, who gives, who sweats, who bleeds, who cries, who, who is on the cross pouring out His life for you and for me. We don't do any of that. We just simply receive it. That's how we enter the kingdom of God and remain in the kingdom of God. And so the presence of the children coming to Jesus is a visible reminder to the adult community that this is what it looks like to come into God's kingdom. No bartering, no bargaining, just receiving. One of the points I want to make today, one of the applications that we have of this text for us in the here and now is very simply put is that worship is for kids. It's not just for adults. Worship is for the little people, not just for the big people. You see, uh, the disciples, I think that one of the reasons that they wanted to, to stop the kids from coming to Jesus is because Jesus was teaching. Jesus was kind of doing adult Bible study. He was teaching adult things. He was talking about a very adult topic, right? Divorce and remarriage and God's plan for sexuality. He was talking about that. And, and I think that the disciples thought Jesus is doing big people stuff, adult stuff. We don't want the kids to get in the way because they're going to ruin it. But Jesus says, I'll drop the teaching to scoop up one of these kids in my arms and hold them close to my heart. See, worship, what we do in this space, 
on Sundays is for kids. It's for children. Now, obviously, some of the things that we're doing are, are going to be a little over the head, right? They're going to be maybe a little bit difficult to comprehend. But I want you to think about how did you learn to speak English? How did you learn that? I mean, nobody waited until you were in eighth grade to start teaching you English. You got into it as an infant, and you're hearing these words that don't make any sense to you. You're hearing this language that's not intelligible to you, but you're hearing it again and again and again, and more and more it gets into your brain, and, and you learn it, and you start saying words, and then those words become sentences, and then they become paragraphs, and then it's kind of hard to get you to stop talking sometimes, right? I mean, that's the way it works. And in the same way, when we have our kids in worship, they're learning the language of worshiping the one true God. They're learning the language of God speaking and us responding as they learn the liturgy, as they learn the songs, as they learn the hymns. When, when, when those kiddos come up with, with mom and dad or grandma and grandpa uh, through the communion line and, and they see the, the parents receive the body and blood of Christ and they get a blessing from the pastor or the elder, they're, they're realizing, they're seeing, they're, they're drinking in like a sponge what it means to be a mature Christian, what they're aiming for in life. It causes them to see that these things are normal. This is what we do as God's people. In fact, I've been stunned sometimes at what my kids will pick up from sermons. Sometimes they'll even use my own sermons against me, you know, like… It's a little humbling when a five-year-old, you know, says, you know, Dad, you're not being very patient like you just preached about. It's like, oh, wow, zing. Uh, you know, kids, they, they pick up things. They know things. I remember one time uh, uh, our preacher, uh, the preacher I worked with in Connecticut, he, he proclaimed from the pulpit, Jesus Christ has swallowed up our sins. And I remember one of my kids said in the middle of church, she goes, what? Jesus swallowed our sins? You know, see, they're hearing it. They're getting it. They're learning it as, as they grow up. And you see, it's not just that worship is for kids. It's that when we have our kids, our littles in worship, it, we're seeing again and again what it looks like to receive the gospel. Kids in worship are a visible reminder for us that we, we can't grow up too much, right? Yes, we want to be mature. We don't want to throw tantrums and things like that. But the point is this is that Really, as Christians, we need to learn dependence. We need to learn that I depend on God for everything because that's not the world we usually live in. In fact, next week you're going to see that in our gospel reading in Mark, there's going to be a rich young man that comes to Jesus, and he comes to him bartering and bargaining, bartering and bargaining. He says, okay, Jesus, tell me, what's the one good thing I've got to do to get eternal life? But see, what he didn't have is he didn't have that childlike trust that would simply receive from Jesus. He's coming bartering, right? When we have kids in worship, we see the very ones uh, that give us a picture of what it looks like to receive the kingdom of God by grace. Now, one question I want us to think about is, I, okay, I think that sometimes we can be uncomfortable with kids in worship. I think that you know, maybe, because in my experience, I've, I've sat through worship with my kids, and sometimes I've thought, this is hard. <laughs> uh, typically, as a pastor, I'm up here doing pastor stuff. But, you know, when I go on vacation in past years, I've sat with my family in church. We just look up the closest LCMS church and go to it on vacation, and 
roll in a little bit late, right? Because somebody had to have a diaper change like right when we pulled in. And you get into church and, and you know, uh, my wife would typically sit with the kids with, uh, during worship. And so now I'm sitting with them and I remember just leaning over to my wife and being like, how do you do this? Like, this is hard. It can be really hard. Uh, now that means that we in the congregation need to have a lot of grace, right? A lot of grace. Because uh, I've, I've been in a church before, I think I was on vacation, where I came in with my family, we were a little bit frazzled, we got to worship, sat in the back row, and I just remember, it's really embarrassing, it feels awful when people just look back and stare at you, you know. Um, we don't want to be that kind of community, right? We want to be a community where we know that if our kids are chirping a little bit, if they, if they spill the Cheerios, if they start to have a little bit of a tantrum, that, hey, we're good, because because we love each other in this community and we value these kids just like Jesus values them and wants them to be close to his heart. You know, I, there, there's a lot of reasons why we might not have our kids in worship, and I think that maybe some of those for a season might be valid. If you're going through a really rough patch in your marriage and you just need to sit next to your spouse and hold your spouse's hand and just worship together, I get that, right? Or, or maybe you're just going through a really hard season in life where you just need to really just drink deep of God's Word, right? I get that. Um, but sometimes I think that maybe we, we may not have our kids in worship because sometimes we want a worship experience, right? We want to be able to get everything we can out of worship, and that's good. That's good. That's, by the way, why we put our sermons on the podcast is so that if you missed it, you can go back and listen to it, right? But sometimes we might want a worship experience, and we might, you know, having our kids in church, we might say, man, I just don't even know what happened. I think I heard a little bit, but not much of the sermon. But the truth is that even if we're not always getting 100% out of worship, the fact that our kids are there, that's a win, right? In fact, I would say that I love Sunday school, and Sunday school is good and valuable, and it's ideal that we would do Sunday school and worship, but if you had to pick one, I think worship is more formative. Now, don't mishear me. I think Sunday school is important. To have our kids in worship, or to have our kids in Sunday school with age-appropriate learning with their peers, I think that's great. That's golden. But if we're to think of our formation as Christians as like a wheel, what we're doing right now is right in the center. It's the hub, and everything else supports it. I think, though, that sometimes maybe we in uh, the church, if we don't have kids, sometimes we're looking for a worship experience. And sometimes because we're looking for a worship experience, we may make the parents around us feel really self-conscious because their kiddos are making some noise. Now, when I hear that as a parent, I, I always tell this to parents. I say, if their kid was a little noisy in worship, I always say, it's white noise to me, and I love it. I love hearing your kids in church, and thank you for having them here. I love hearing it. It's the sound of God's kingdom growing, right? That's what it is. It's the sound of God's kingdom growing. I remember when I was in seminary, uh, just kind of a closing story here. Uh, when I was in seminary, I think first or second year, uh, Kelly and I had our firstborn, about a year old, and uh, we had some friends of ours who uh, were in the same situation. They had a one-year-old, and we said, hey, let's go to church together. Uh, we went to this Sunday evening service uh, because as seminary students, we were always kind of doing something on Sunday, so we wanted just to go to church together. And so I uh, went to this church in St. Louis that was really kind of an up-and-coming, popular church that all the 20s and 30s were going to. It was very much geared towards 
uh, to younger people. And as we walked in, I remember thinking, there's no kids here. <laughs> we felt a little out of place. And as worship continued, uh, you know, we've got toddlers, right? They're kind of making some noise. And I remember one of the ushers came to us and told us that there's a place we could take our kids to go out. Um, and we kind of got the impression that they weren't welcome. Um, not a great feeling. Uh, because I think that that church was going after a worship experience, you know. They had the lights down really low, and, you know, they had fog machines and laser lights and kind of trying to make it really cool and relevant, but, but it wasn't relevant for the little kids because they weren't really welcome there. But when I was at my former church in Connecticut, uh, kind of the opposite of this experience uh, is this. When Kelly and I moved to Connecticut, we had uh, a three-year-old and a five-month-old. And of course, I'm preaching and leading worship, and my wife is in the pews with the kids. One's being potty trained, and one's five months old. That's, that's hard. <laughs> and we were 23 hours away from Grandma and Grandpa, who could be there with us and hold the kiddos and help us. And we were nervous about that. Also, you're in a new community and you kind of wonder, what are these people going to think of us? You know, this whole situation going on in the back row. <laughs> um, and I remember that there was a family very early on who adopted us, uh, Chris and Vinnie DeLeon. They became such close friends. And they would come to church with juice and a snack. And they would always give our kids juice and a snack. And they'd sit in the back row with my wife, and if one of them uh, had to go to the bathroom, if Kelly had to take him out, uh, then uh, Chris and Vinny would sit with our other child. And then when we added number three, uh, they repeated that. They just sat with our kids. They loved them. They make them feel welcome. And eventually, uh, our kids knew that they could go sit with other people. So sometimes at church, like our kids would be like in that row, that row, and that row, because they knew people, and they knew that those people welcomed them. And 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 so. Sometimes we, we seek after a worship experience, but what we really need is a worship community, right? That church I went to in St. Louis was all about a perfect, flawless worship experience where nobody interrupted the sermon and everybody got to sing without somebody having a problem. But what I experienced uh, in, in Connecticut was, was a worship community. It took us a while to get there, but it was good. And I've experienced that at this church as well, a worship community, but more and more, I just long for our parents to know that my kids are welcome in worship, that nobody's going to give them a stare, right? But rather that, that there's going to be encouragement, that, that after church, you know, my kids are going to be seen and they're going to be talked to as very important members of this community and that they know that they belong here. Uh, we just long for that more and more and more. And so, so parents, your kids are welcome here. They make a little bit of noise, that's great. I love it. It's the sound of God's kingdom growing. More and more we long to be a place where we embody the heart of Jesus for children. Amen.